back to Because She Is in Marilyn's Place. I'm Kelly. And I'm Maureen. And today we're going to talk about a little bit about our backstories and uh, what we talk about here uh, during meetings and a little bit about why we do what we do. Yes. I think for anybody who will hopefully be listening to us, it would be important for you all to know where we come from and why this is so important to us. So I'm going to let Kelly tell her story first. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for letting me go first. So um, I guess it's, it's so important for me to talk because um, my abuse happened um, oh, starting over 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I am 55, and the abuse began when I was... Uh, four and a half years old, and it continued for, uh, I guess it was three three to four years, mm-hmm. and uh, it was perpetrated by my uncle, and uh, it ended when my uncle went into the Navy, and I did not seek formal help talking to a therapist until I was 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it always, I guess, was with me. It shaped how I trusted people. It shaped boundaries. and Which I just want to say is why when people say, just get over it, you, it it's just not that easy. It, it's shaped every part of you and who you are. Yeah, uh, you you don't just get over these things. Um, as as a child, you have no voice. Mm-hmm. Um, you have no no say in things, um, and you don't even know what's happening to you. You don't. You know that this thing doesn't feel right. Exactly. But you don't know. You don't know the words to verbalize it, mm-hmm. and. You know, it's someone that you trust, that you love. Mm-hmm. And it's only until you learn why it doesn't feel well can can you then verbalize it, but then you won't because there's shame, there's guilt, there's embarrassment. Exactly. And when you're told to keep a secret, secrets to a five-year-old are a weight that it's just too much. Absolutely. It's just too much. And so growing up like that, um, it, it just, your worldview is just skewed. Mm-hmm. Um, you think that you can handle it, um, and you, you do to a certain extent, but one of my favorite, not favorite sayings is you carry baggage. And I like to say, I put my baggage in the closet and hope it stays there, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. No. Um, so when I started therapy at 25, I touched on it. Um, I actually, uh, in a form, confronted uh, my, my uncle. Uh, I told my mom and my aunt about it first. And, um, you know, it, it broke apart my family. Yes. Uh, which was hard. But uh, it was it was necessary, and people should know you were not believed. It yeah my unfortunately the first words out of out of my mom's and my aunt's mouth was I don't believe it, and I think because it was their brother it was a 
it was a knee-jerk reaction. Um, they, Absolutely. they, you know, they did come to believe it because, you know, let's face it, this was the, um, this was the mid eighties. Uh, this is not something that was talked about. I was going to say it might as well have been the middle ages when it comes to this topic Absolutely. because yeah. nobody was talking about it then. Nobody was talking about it then. Uh, you know, uh, so through talking with a therapist, um, I did the first step. Uh, it wasn't easy. I I got the I got the words out of my mouth. I never would have said anything, um, you know, except for except for the therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put that baggage away in the closet. Uh, at the time, I had been living in Los Angeles. I moved back to the East Coast, and I moved upstate, and. There were things that were going on in my life. I entered therapy again, and again, this came up. And once again, I was going to confront my uncle, and I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I just could not do it. I didn't have it in me. Um, and I was drinking a lot uh, because it took pain away. And you know what? I think when you have to face something ugly, when you have to face something that is is just on many levels destroyed who you are and you're you're working every single day to try to be a better person, be a different person, be a stronger person, mm-hmm. beating yourself up because I can't just live this, I can't just leave this behind. Mm-hmm. It becomes very easy to start to develop coping mechanisms that are exactly. not the healthiest. A no. lot of people will drink, a lot of a lot of people will turn to drugs, whether it's soft or hard, and um, because we need something to soothe. To soothe that disgusting feeling that we have that just permeates every part of our lives without us even recognizing it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, the, the, weight, the weight that you carry um, and how you try to deal with it, whether drinking, drugs... Some folks try to deal with it through therapy. Mm-hmm. Some folks try to deal with it through holistic means, whether it's yoga, meditation. Um, however, however you try to deal with it, it's part of your journey. And those are the healthier ways. And those are the, absolutely those are the, definitely the <laughs> those healthier are the healthier ways. ways. It's good. It's good to do those things. Absolutely, um, and and it's part it's part of your journey. It's it doesn't go away. Um, but how you integrate it into your life, how you create a balance in your life, um, that's what you're working towards. Um, I've been in therapy now for on and off for 26 years. <laughs> Good God, I've been in therapy. <laughs> I've been in therapy almost almost half my half my life on and off. Um, and that's because there there's there's a scar. Um, there's a scar that needs tending. Um, I've always been in one-on-one therapy, uh, but when uh, the opportunity came for me to attend Marilyn's place, I didn't do, I didn't, I've never done group. Okay, uh, so I just want everybody to know, 
because this is kind of a, a, a funny little thing in the house. Uh-huh. Uh, Kelly, uh, I asked Kelly to help me run the meetings, and she was like, yes, we're going to do this. This is great. And the first meeting we have, uh, we're talking, and I'm leading the group and, you know, <laughs> thinking, you know, this is going so well. And I look across the room at the couch, and Kelly has herself buried in a corner, and every part of her is just crossed and tensed like she's protecting herself and I'm, she was literally protecting herself and i'm holding a pillow and she was and holding oh, the pillow and i'm clutch and i'm clutching that pillow like it is my last friend and my last wall that i can put up because we are talking about these really hard things and I'm like holy crap and I'm just kind of sitting there looking at her thinking okay so right now I'm the most relaxed woman in this room (laughs) and that woman over there who looks like she's wound tighter than I, I, I can't even begin I can't even begin an analogy that's how that's how curled up and tightened she was and I, I, I think I said something like a smart ass, like, yes. so, so Kelly, you comfortable? Or, yeah, I just want everybody to notice that, you know, there she is. Oh, well, Kelly, do you realize, like, you're stopping the circulation? <laughs> something to break the ice, but also to make her just simply put your arms down, girl. Drop the pillow. Drop the pillow. <laughs> because basically she was looking at the pillow like, the pillow did nothing to you. Why are you doing that Why to are the you squeezing the life out of our pillow? So, Poor thing. And, 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 but that's when you're in a new situation, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're thinking about doing this sort of thing. Yes. Um, you know, it's, it's a little scary. I'm going to be honest with you. But then, you know, Maureen made her smart-ass remark. I yes, figured, I, I figured, all right, I'll put the pillow into my lap. Should um, we let everyone know that I'm usually the comic relief in the group? Absolutely. I try really hard. Absolutely. And, you know, full disclosure, Maureen and I have been friends for, for you know, several years now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she can get away with saying those things to me. But, but, you, but everyone should also know that I'm usually going to say it anyway, whether I know you very well or not, and that, take my chances. That would be true. That would be true. But... You know, so you're in a group when you're in a group session and group uh, in a group where folks are are sharing, you know, what's going on in their in their uh, in their heads and in their hearts. Um, it can lead to a discovery within yourself you'd never thought about before. It can lead you to another part of your journey. Uh, it can soothe you. Mm-hmm. It can lead you to think beyond what you thought about before. It can make you laugh. It, it can make you cry. It can make you <laughs> laugh. It can make you often makes you cry. It but can, more often we laugh. But more often you laugh. We do. We do a lot. We and do. But the thing is, hopefully it's going to bring you one step closer to the integration that I was talking about, that balance that, you know, so that every time uh, that you think about what happened to you, uh, it doesn't lead to a, a paralyzing moment. It doesn't lead you to, a, you know, holy shit, I really wish I had killed this man. Um, you know, it, it doesn't lead you to that deep, dark place because I have to tell you, um, in, in recent weeks, I've been having flashbacks. Um, I had a huge trigger uh, and uh, I've been having flashbacks and... 
with the help of therapy and the group sessions, um, the flashbacks aren't happening anymore. The, uh, the Between the therapy and, and talking in group sessions, it's becoming, all right, it happened and it's part, it hurts, but it's not as painful. Can I ask you a question just because you brought something up and sure. we never talked about this in the group? Sure. Um, you said something about, you know, killing your perpetrator, mm-hmm. the person who hurt you. So I know for me, there have been moments when I have felt like I was weak mm-hmm. because I, I didn't. I didn't, you know, I mean, my stepdad had a gun in the house. Mm-hmm. And he always made it known without mm-hmm. using it on me. But, you know, it, it was always a, a known fact that he had a gun. And there was a moment when I was about 13 or 14 when he was actually asleep. And I kind of stood there looking at him and I knew his gun was in the armoire. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I could just end this right now. Mm-hmm. And just just kill him. Mm-hmm. And then tell people why I did. And mm-hmm. Because moving forward, you know, I had nieces and nephews. And I hadn't told my brothers what happened. Mm-hmm. And I thought, had I just killed him, I would have possibly saved anyone else that he abused after me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I made sure my brothers, my brothers knew once they had children. That mm-hmm. was when I finally decided... It's not going to go to the next generation. Um, but there have been moments, even even in the last year when I thought you weren't brave enough to pull that trigger. You were not strong enough to say, I'm going to put an end to this. And, you know, I, and, and I mention this only because these are all the little parts of being a survivor that drive me crazy when people say, Oh, they should just get over it because, believe it or not, not everyone does know I'm a survivor, even though it seems like everyone does. <laughs> because I don't, I don't, I, I don't feel shame anymore. I feel like no, this is, this is a conversation people need to have. But there are moments, even now at 55, where I think you could have just, you could have just pulled the trigger once and mm-hmm. ended it and not had to live with the fear of him finding out who my daughter was, finding out what school she went to. I mean, I took so many precautions Mm -hmm. just out of my fear and my anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'm just wondering, did you, I know that you had an opportunity Mm -hmm. and I don't mean to giggle, but this is what happens when you talk about these things. Kelly had an opportunity to quite literally run this man over. Yeah. And she chose not to. And I just wonder, do you think back to that sometimes and think I should have? Or do you let that go? I, I do. Um, and I do usually when I get angry. Um, when I get angry about things, um, it, it could have been so easy to do it. And mm-hmm. he has no idea how lucky he was that very day that I actually chose not to do this. I think the same thing about my stepfather. You have no, you have no idea how lucky you and, are. And the only thing I can say is you and I were raised in moral families. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. we were raised in 
moral schools. Yes. We we went to school together. We went to we, well, went, we to, went to high school we together. Went to, we went to high school. We Kelly to, was a nice Catholic girl, Catholic school her whole life. Yeah. I did the the public school, gonna get some street smarts, and then went to Catholic school. And we all went, girl Catholic school. All girl by the Catholic way. high school, yeah. Uh, so we you know, I think we I think we had morals instilled in us and I think we had we had um, our mothers to thank for that. Um, our mothers are our mothers are very our beautiful strong. Mothers. Our mothers are very strong. And when I when I look back on that moment, because it would have taken me literally a tenth of a second for me to put the foot on the accelerator and to run him over. And he has no clue that he literally was 10 feet away from me crossing that street. I know. I always visualize that, how powerful that must have been. And I chose just to go to college. Yes. I chose to drive to college. Yes. And to continue my day. Exactly. Continue your life. And to continue my life. Because you know what? I have to believe that I don't think a jury would have convicted me. Mm. But I don't know that. And... That's okay. Uh, you know, I went on my, with my life. <sighs> there are so many choices as survivors that we make looking toward the future saying, I have to believe it's going to get better. I have to believe that even sometimes that there is a purpose to what's happened to me, even if it's, you know, later on in life, like we both truly feel we have found the purpose of what's happened to us and how we can make it better. Mm -hmm. we, we don't excuse the fact that, that we've been hurt and we've no. been abused, no. but we've come together with some other amazing women and we've decided, but there is, there is something that we can do about it. Yes. We can, we can do what we can to make this a conversation, mm -hmm. which is, and I'm going to say the word, so just hold on to your glass. I got it. Um, I always say I'm not I don't want to be that woman with her fist in the air wearing a pink vagina hat no. yelling at the world about how angry I am. I want to be with a with a true group of women. I want to form mm -hmm. a group that is truly dedicated to finding others who want to have this conversation and learn how to have better lives. Mm -hmm. Because if if we don't start there, then we're never going to be heard. Mm -hmm. And people who yell, and, and I mean, I've learned this as a mother, the louder I yelled at my daughter, the less she listened. <laughs> I was just crazy. I was just nuts. Oh my God, I better not piss her off. When I spoke to her, that's when she listened. Yeah. And that's what these meetings are about, listening to each other. Yeah. So. Yes, ma'am. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Well, we certainly hope that people hear this podcast. Well, yeah, that's true. And um, they understand that there are a lot of us out there yeah. who are in pain yep. and working through that pain. Mm -hmm. And when I think about all the people, men and women, who are out there, because there are just as many men yes. who are out there. Yep. When I think about all those people, I think about we have a strong base that I hope can move past the shame and and maybe a little bit of the guilt mm -hmm. that follows all of us and is ready to say, yes, let's let's start becoming a community. Let's start reaching out to the younger women 
who still have a chance to be able to live a full life without carrying all of this baggage with them. Yes, the baggage will always be there. I'm not saying that it won't. That's right. But when it rears its ugly head, knowing that they're part of a community that understands them, they're not alone in how they think and how they feel, mm-hmm. I, I just think it's so important. I mean, I've I've likened it to breast cancer. Yes. I've said to I've said to the group, look, when I was younger, I was born in 1964, mm-hmm. 70s, 80s, there was you still whispered like, oh, she has breast cancer. You know, don't right. say anything. It's That's like because right. it was the breast. Oh my God. It was the C, the big C. The big C yep. and the big B. Yep. Oh my gosh, don't even say breast. You That's know, we don't right. talk about that. And now look at how look at how revered those women are. Yes. They're warriors. They're they're they've They've walked through the fire and they're doing what they can to help the next group coming up because there are always going to be women who have breast cancer. And you want to know that, hey, we're here. That's all we want to do when it comes to this subject, when it comes to being molested, being sexually assaulted, being sexually abused, domestic violence. I'm a survivor of all of them. Yes, you are. At the hands of five different men. Yep. So I, I used to say I was the trifecta. Now I don't even know what I am. I just know that I have been through a lot and I have done the work and I want people to know you can come out the other side of it and be happy and healthy. And, and if you don't feel healthy, mm-hmm. there are a group, there's a group that has your back that says, come, come over here, come talk to us. We're going to get you back on track and we're going to let you know. So... I know that was a really long answer to your question. But it was the right answer. I wasn't trying to be an intention whore or anything <laughs> like that, I promise. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. But listen, you you've you've made me the name and the the, the face and the voice yep. of the organization. Yep. So I just want everybody out there to know that we are here. We know what you're going through. We know what you've been through. And there is a place, there is, there is a group that you can contact that wants to have this conversation with you. Absolutely. And if you want to do that, and if you're located in uh, New Jersey, um, you can contact us at 732-962-3115, or you can contact us in, by email at info at becauseSheIs.org. And um, also want to give you a couple of numbers if you're not located in New Jersey. Um, if, uh, God forbid, you have been assaulted uh, and you need to talk with someone, the National Sexual Assault Hotline is 1-800-656-4673. Uh, they also have an online chat. You can contact that at rain, R-A-I-N-N dot com. Yes. And if you're in Middlesex County and you've been uh, sexually uh, assaulted or uh, need sexual violence counseling, advocacy, or a preventive, preventative education, uh, contact them at one 665 7273 uh, the support there is available 24 hours a day. Um, so so that's our second podcast. Yes, we're here. We're here and, and we're excited by what we're trying to do. And, um, 
You know, our long-term goal is to open more homes, open more houses in other areas that people can gather and people can uh, come to. Maryland's place, uh, everything that we offer is free. That's right. That is the goal, that no woman, no victim, no man has any boundaries or anything that keeps them from being able to get the help that they need. Yep. And we also invite you to look at our website, which is uh, org, and see some of the things that we're offering and hopefully start to build support and a little bit of a movement that's done in a more kinder, gentler, understanding way. So... Um, I hope, you know, I really hope we meet, we reach a couple of people here today. Sounds good. Because we're going to keep doing it. That's right. Because I love to talk. No, that's not true. (laughs) No, that's true. (laughs) So until then, I'm Kelly. I'm Maureen. Take care. Bye.